Well, if it's customary as a church that the first Sunday of every year, we call it Mission Sunday, where we focus our hearts on what God has not only called the church to do throughout generations, but what God is calling our church to do this year. I've shared this with you before, but I know there's new people with us, so I'll share it with you again. Missions is one of those things that's always been a part of my life, and one of the characteristics of this church that I have most appreciated. For those of you who don't know, missions is almost part of my blood. My great-great-grandparents were pioneer missionaries in Central Africa. In fact, my great-grandmother was one of the country's first female MDs, and she took that education and invested it in the church in Central Africa. They're my great-grandparents, their daughter convinced her husband to leave the comforts of U.S. and go to the same area in Central Africa and spend 20 more years there. So not just my great-grandparents, but my grandparents spent 20 years in Central Africa planting and serving the Church of Christ there. Then my aunt talked her husband and her kids to going to the exact same place in Central Africa to serve and minister to the church in Central Africa. And so when I tell you it's in my blood, I've been worried forever that somehow that's going to trickle down to my family and I'm going to end up in Central Africa. (laughs) I tell you, I mean, if there was any Christian mission ministry with a weird acronym, WMC, CMA, YWAM, if there's one of those, I've been a part of it at some point in my Christian life. And throughout those times, it led me to ask a series of questions in my own heart, and I want to ask that for you today. Why missions? I mean, if you've ever done missions, if you've ever known a missionary, if you've ever been affiliated with that mindset and with that call, you know missions is costly. Missions is sacrificial. Missions is powerful. Why missions? So I want to spend a few minutes going through this with you. For those of you type A people who are looking for it on the app, there's no app today. There's no notes today. There's no outlines. There's no real outlines on the screen today. This is just a chance for us as a church to ask a question, not just in general, but for your heart specifically. Why missions? The first answer to that question, why missions, is this. God's plan has always been global. God's plan has always been global. And I don't know about you, but there's so many people grown up who God's plan's always been about America, and that's not true. God's plan has always been global. Look all the way to the beginning when God was speaking to Abram, right? The very start of God's plan for ministry. Look at what he says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, um, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. Look at this last line, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. That plan, when God is ministering and talking to Abraham Abraham, right there at the beginning, all the nations, my plan is global. Abraham, my plan isn't just for you. It's not just for a country. My plan is global. 
You look to the next book, the book of Exodus. After God rescued the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt, he brought them to the Mount, Mount Sinai, to the foot of the mountain. And he came and he spoke to them and he revealed himself to them. And look at what he said. He said, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you'll indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. God's plan is global and his plan is to use Israel as a reflection of his glory, as ministers of his plan, as influencers of the nations for the name and glory of God. In fact, the apostle Peter used the same idea when he spoke to the early church. Look at what he said in 1 Peter. Talking to the early church, he said, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God and you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter used that same analogy to the early church. God's plan is global and you're the chosen people to be a reflection of his glory throughout the nations. And then John, remember Apostle John in Revelation had a vision. He's able to see heaven. And listen to some of that. After he describes this powerful encounter, he says this, After these things I looked, and behold, surprise, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, all tribes, peoples, languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, Palm branches were in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. John's vision of heaven ends up seeing countless people from every tribe, every nation, every language, every culture, every color, sitting there in the presence of God, glorifying and praising God. Why missions? The first reason why we need to understand missions is important. Because God's plan has always been global. Chino Valley Community Church is just one piece of what God is doing around the world. God's plan has always been global. His plan has always been to build his church, to be a reflection of his glory around the world. First reason why missions is important. We need to have a bigger understanding of God's plan. God's plan has always been global. Second reason, though, why missions. Why missions is a huge part of this church. Why missions is a huge part of my life and why I hope and pray missions continues to grow to become more and more a part of your life. First reason, God's plan has always been global. Second reason is Jesus has empowered us for missions. It's a huge aspect of Jesus' life, his ministry, his training, of his disciples and his messaging when he left. Jesus has empowered us for missions. First thing he's empowered us to do is pray. Pray for missions. Look, when the disciples came and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Look at how he started. He said, then pray then in this way. 
Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then look at this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We already have a picture of heaven. We already have a glimpse of heaven. Multiple nations, ethnicities, cultures, and languages worshiping God. He says, pray this way. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Exactly as it is up there, make it happen here. We want to experience it here. One great way we can experience a little piece of imperfect, imperfect heaven. There's multiple ethnicities, cultures, languages serve and worship God together. First thing we're empowered to do is pray. Pray for missions. Pray for God's kingdom to grow on earth. His will be done. Hey, that should be a motivating factor. By the way, tomorrow is our first prayer time of the year. Remember the first Monday of every month, 7 o'clock p.m., we meet in here to pray. Pray for the ministry of God here at Chino Valley Community Church, within the Chino Valley. Pray for other pastors. And this is a reminder, we ought to be praying for missions as well, for the kingdom of God around the world. Seven o'clock, if you want to come, seven o'clock right here, super easy to social distance, seven o'clock at night on prayer night, Monday night here in the sanctuary. Love for you to join us. There's nothing fancy. There's no worship. There's no slides. There's no snacks. There's, yeah, I know. But there is a Holy Spirit here as we pray together. Love to have you join us right here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. First thing we're empowered to do is pray for missions. The second thing we're empowered to do is make disciples. I mean, Jesus empowered us and called us when Jesus was ascending into heaven before he ascended, the last instruction he gave to his people. Look what he said. This is from Matthew. He said, go therefore and make disciples. And we've talked about this before. The directive isn't to go. The assumption is you're going. The assumption is that you're going to go through life. The directive is make disciples. Make disciples, there it is again, of all nations. Man, God's plan has always been global. This is our charge. This is our commitment. We exist as a church to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ, not just in the Chino Valley, but around the world. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And why missions? What, what led my great-grandparents, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, countless people from this church, countless people throughout the ages, from various other churches? I mean, what convinced them to go? Why missions, number one? God's plan has always been global. We need to understand what God is doing here. God is doing thousands of times over in other countries around the world. God's plan has always been global. And number two, we've been empowered for this. This is what we're about. Our church is involved in 18 different countries. We partner with 30, more than 30 individuals or other organizations around the world. Not because it's just good institutional clarity for the church. 
Because we believe God's plan has always been global. And this is one of the things we're called to do, not just as a church, but as Christians. It's to make disciples in all nations, in all languages, so that when we get to heaven, that we'll experience this multilingual time of worship where everyone comes together with one unifying factor, not a political party, not a financial currency, salvation of God. So our purposes today then are twofold. Number one, I, I want to take a little bit of time and, it, and help you understand some of what our church is a part of in missions. And the second thing I'd like to do is is share some ways that you can be more part of missions this year. So to do the first part, to share with you all that God is doing, just a piece of what God is doing through our church missional movement, I want to invite Keith McNichols to join me up there. Keith is a staff member who uh, we pay handsomely. <laughs> Not really. My yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, and Keith is charged with really managing our missions efforts. So Keith, just share a little bit about what God is doing in our church and missions now. All right. And I apologize for the iPad, but I teach a couple days a week and my normal sessions are three hours long. So I didn't think that you wanted that. So anyway, if I find, if I have some notes, it keeps me on point. Okay. As Brian said, next slide, please. Boom. All right, sound effects are free. Um, because of your giving, we're able to work with people all over the world. We send missionaries to unreached groups. We support a lot of local pastors, local missions, local churches. And this is just a snapshot of where, we're gonna, where we are today. So first of all, thank you. And I wanted to, I'd love to dig into each and every one of these little dots in the chart, on the chart, but we can't. So I'm going to give you a quick flyby of sort of three separate regions. And you won't have to listen to me. We actually have videos that our partners have sent in to talk about those things. So we're gonna start off, next slide, in Asia. We're gonna take a quick snapshot at uh, South Asia into the nation of India, home to 1.4 billion people, uh, but only 2.3% of India are, would identify themselves as Christians. And the interesting thing is, is that 2.3% has stayed constant now, obviously, their population has grown, but it stayed constant for the last 50 years. So we are working with a group called GTI Hope. This is a newer uh, partner for us uh, at CVCC, but they have been have experience in India for 60 years. They focus on indigenous groups, a lot of rural villages. They do kind of a holistic approach, which we love, about empowerment language skills, skills training, so that people can also um, have jobs and things, and they're bringing the gospel to unreached people um, there in these villages in India. And our local partner here actually just lives up the road in San Dimas, which is great. So let's take a look at what we're doing with GTI Hope. Hello, brothers and sisters of Chino Valley Community Church. I'm Byron Hack president of GTI Hope, a nonprofit ministry that brings hope to the hopeless in South Asia. I want to thank you for partnering with us to bring the light of literacy and the message of peace, hope, and love to marginalized people in South Asia so they can become better educated, 
understand basic sanitation, hygiene, and nutrition, and discover that they are loved by God. In November 2019, your church family hosted our Magic for Ministry event. Proceeds and gifts through that event sponsored 193 low-cast women for our all-encompassing literacy program. In December 2020, you blessed us with a gift towards our matching ministry challenge. When matched, your gift will sponsor 84 women for literacy, 460 children for CBS, and help train two church planters. You are a tremendous blessing. You are bringing hope to the hopeless, and we pray that you are blessed with the reports that you receive from these projects. Now please watch this short video that gives an overview of some of the ministries you are supporting. And thank you for your prayers and continued support. This is Kumari. She lives in a small village in India. From the time she was born, Kumari grew up in abject poverty, an outcast from society. She married at 13, but became a widow shortly after her third child was born. She had never been to school, did not know how to write her own name, and had no vocational training. Unable to read or write, she was fearful to even leave her village. She had no hope for this life or the next. One day, Kamari's life was transformed when teachers from a local church supported through GTI Hope came to visit her village. Over the next 10 months, they taught Kamari and her neighbors to read and write, hygiene and sanitation, the risks of drug and alcohol abuse, and self-empowerment skills. Now, Kumari has skills she needs to provide for herself and her children. She can read and write, which has given her independence and helped reduce her fears. She understands how to count money and is part of a group that pools resources for community emergencies. With support through GTI Hope, the local church has helped the community understand the importance of sending their children to school and stopping the practice of child marriages. They have provided sewing machines for the most impoverished, giving Kumari and several others a way to quadruple their income and provide for their families. They put in a bore well, saving the women of the village the two-mile walk each day to fetch water. For the first time, everyone in the village has access to clean water, improving personal hygiene and preventing illnesses from waterborne diseases. With over 1.3 billion people, India currently has more people without sanitary water than any nation in the world. It also has the most illiterate people and the most living in modern slavery and servitude. This is why GTI Hope and its partners in India have been helping move people of India from most to least for over 60 years. They also have been training teachers in morals, ethics, community rehabilitation, establishing home fellowships, and distributing literature throughout the country. GTI Hope believes in a vision in which villages throughout India have clean water, literacy is increased, essential life skills are taught, so that stories like Kamari's can be repeated again and again. So what we do around the world adapts based on whatever the needs are. We don't have an agenda that we go out with is we work with local partners so they can tell us what their country needs. In India, obviously it's a variety of things from literacy to poverty alleviation to works to you know the gospel as well. Moving uh, within Asia, but moving to the nation of China, um, it's very different. 
the key need for China is particularly within house churches, they need biblical training. And we have been blessed with folks like Gary Miller within our church and others who are experts in theological training and are able to work remote, locally and remotely with church partners within the local church network covering literally thousands and thousands of people. We're able to train people who are then able to train more people and more and more and more. I'm gonna show you a video from our partner in China. The one thing that you'll notice is there are no people that you will see in this video for um, obvious reasons. And so notice that, that that is something that's missing, but it gives you a flavor of sort of what life looks like for our partners within China. Go ahead. Hi everyone, we are Mumu Church, a house church in China. Today I'm gonna to show you guys a few of our meeting places. A couple in the countryside and a couple in the city. The countryside consists of mainly flat houses and farmland, whereas the city is filled with multi-story buildings. In the countryside, we will show you two host families. While in the car, you can see green corn growing by the road in the countryside. The first host family is easy to recognize due to the Christian couplets at the door. Couplets are poetry writings that are put up during Chinese New Year. It is like how blood was painted on the door lentil and door frame during Passover. Christian messages are written on these couplets to spread the gospel. Every family in the countryside has a con, which is a brick bed with a stove under it that can be heated during the winter. The blackboard here has the song, Because He Lives. We use the blackboard because the countryside lacks modern amenities such as computers and projectors. We don't use instruments during worship, only our voices. Brothers and sisters would copy new songs from the blackboard during the week so they can memorize the songs. On Sunday, we will sing the songs by memory, which allows the blackboard to be used by the speaker for the outline. Guess how many songs do you think we can memorize? Next is another host family in the countryside. This is the front yard. Prayer meetings and Sunday services are held in different rooms. This room is for prayer meeting. Here is another con. This room is used for Sunday services. Here is the podium. Now let's go take a look in the city. We'll show you two host families in the city. On the way to the first location, we can see a bunch of multi-story buildings. The first host family lives on the fourth floor of this community. Once again, we see Christian couplets at the door. This lets you know that you're in the right place. Brothers and sisters meet in the living room. Hymns are written on the whiteboard. Once again, brothers and sisters will copy the songs during the week to practice and recite. Here is the second host family in the city. Here is where we hold Sunday services, church leader meetings, and teacher training. As you enter the building, you can see the logo of our church. Here we have the kitchen. Here is the nursing room. In the nursing room is a TV that shows the Sunday service. Upstairs is our main meeting place. Here are live cameras, projectors, computers, and musical instruments. We use this room for all types of meetings. Now, we're at the end of the tour. We welcome you to come and visit our house church. Remember, we are one big family in Christ.
All right, now moving from Asia, we're going to take a look in Af in Africa. I'm sorry, in Europe. Um, we do work in Western Europe a little bit, uh, but most of our work thus far has been in Eastern Europe, kind of starting in the bottom of, of Europe, moving north. We've, we have uh, support, we support folks in Moldova, Romania, Hungary, Austria, Estonia, and Russia, and I'm sure I left somebody out there. But uh, what we wanted to do this morning is introduce you to uh, Dmitry, uh, Dmitry uh, Trebelsky. He is one of our new partners in, uh, he's based in St. Petersburg, Russia. And you'll see that his, his ministry is, again, we do a lot with traditional ministries within churches. His is more technologically based and we have uh, gave him a large gift last year to be able to help him build out his studio because he broadcasts YouTube into the heart of Russia. Let's take a look at Dmitry. Hello, my name is Dmitry Trebelsky and uh, I'm a missionary in Russian Federation, Russia, St. Petersburg, Northwest. And uh, I would like to uh, let you know what's going on within uh, my country and in our ministry. First of all, I would like to introduce my family. I am married over 20 years, and my, wife, my wife's name is Alina, and we have three children. One is 18, uh, another one is uh, 12, and the youngest is 6. And some of you know that our youngest uh, had some uh, medical issues that we have been dealing with past uh, three years. But we see the Lord's uh, hand in it, and with the uh, help of so many prayers and support, we see that uh, He is improving greatly. So first of all, we would like to thank all of you in uh, your family uh, for supporting us and uh, really helping us to go through this uh, trial. Also, uh, you know, being a missionary in Russia can be uh, difficult, but it, in spite of anything, we trust that uh, the Lord is uh, with us, and we see that uh, He is uh, definitely working in the lives of people around us. One of the ministries uh, we do is uh, pastoring a Christian fellowship, a little congregation uh, with... Uh, wonderful people, different ages. Our goal is to really make them as disciples of Jesus Christ, to teach them how to discern the will of God and also how to follow the will of God and submit to the authority of Jesus Christ in their lives, trusting that uh, His sacrifice completely uh, purified us and uh, made us whole and we can be at a good use for a Heavenly Father. And uh, to my joy, I have several uh, people who, are, who have dedicated their lives to the service, to the ministry of the Gospel. And uh, one of them is a young family with two children, but they completely dedicated their lives to serve Jesus and they hope helping uh, different uh, people and uh, the uh, exploring how to be missionaries in the homeland, kind of following our footprints or our example. So a little bit of a multiplication gives us a, a lot of joy. Also, we're serving young generation uh, past 15 or maybe 
12 years i don't even remember when we started it but we started a youth uh, ministry among uh, christian churches in st petersburg and uh, we have uh, english camps and we have follow-up meetings so about uh, 30 to 50 teenagers from different uh, churches and also quite a few non-believers coming to those meetings of course during pandemic everything was online but we see a great result after the pandemic when russia decided that we no longer have this uh, wave of uh, covid uh, we have teenagers flooding our meetings and uh, quite a few of them dedicated their lives to Jesus and we have a privilege to disciple them now. And this is part of my vision is to really help new generation to get to know Jesus. Most of the families in Russia don't know the Lord. They still uh, follow the orthodox or atheist backgrounds. And there is no true uh, gospel teaching uh, fellowships going on. Of course, Russia has, St. Petersburg has 5 million people. And among those 5 million, less than 1% confess themselves as evangelical Christians. So there is a lot to do. And there is a huge, overwhelming task. But we trust that the Lord slowly but surely builds His church. And it's exciting to be part of this movement of the Holy Spirit. Another ministry we explored is uh, ministering on YouTube channel and this channel goes to different parts of the world. Of course it's on the internet and we reach out to quite a few Russian-speaking uh, audience and we're excited to see some of them from the United States, Australia, uh, Europe of course and, and Russia and former Soviet republics. So it's been a re really interesting journey for me and my wife Alina. I'm glad that I have such a great partner with me so it's exciting again thank you so much for everything you provide for us to make sure that uh, we have everything we need to continue the work for the gospel of jesus christ we're glad that we had opportunities to visit cvcc before the pandemic and we hope to see you guys again sometime in the nearest future lord willing we don't know when we don't know how but in spite of anything, we know that the Lord Jesus and His love and His Spirit unites us. So be blessed and thank you so much again. I'm glad that uh, we're part of your congregation. All right, and finally, we are going to head south to Africa, where we are going to start our journey in Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, we've been working there for about 15 years. We work with one main church. That's a denomination of about 120 churches. And we work with them on uh, church planting, but also uh, with child care and uh, child, you know, not only it's like holistic care with evangelism and medical care and school training. And then we do the same thing with a group of elderly people as well. The video I'm going to show you this morning is from World Orphans, who is our kind of triangulated, our local partner who has people from their staff working with the church that's our church partner and empowering caregivers, uh, primarily women, a lot of uh, older widowed women, as well as uh, kids through their, pro their programs. So let's take a look and see what World Orphans is doing in Ethiopia. The vision and mission of World Orphans is to equip and to empower the church to care for the vulnerable and is committed to church partnership. 
church is identified, say in Ethiopia, an Ethiopian church is identified who is already demonstrating a love for their community and a love for vulnerable families. And we have identified um, some staff in country who can help facilitate that ministry through the church. I'm Kathy Davis and I serve as the, the title is the Senior Director of Holistic Care for World Orphans have been on staff about nine years. So holistic care is, is basically World Orphans approach to ministry. When we look at the life of a person, we look at that person in light of their development spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So that the training and the equipping that we do would hit on all four of those categories. The training includes, you know, hygiene and physical care. We have training even on how to help children engage in their education who have been traumatized. Spiritual training, you know, to answer questions about the purpose of life, meaning of life, what the gospel is. Leadership development for the pastors. But basically, holistic care just includes areas of education that would help the church be equipped to better care for those families in their program. Also works to facilitate the economic empowerment program. We have a, a savings and loan program, so caregivers um, are actually able to get on their feet financially and have an opportunity to start small businesses. I love more than anything to communicate the hope of the gospel because my life has been so impacted by the works of Christ. If I know anything, I know that every life has value. Every life has inerrant dignity because God created life. So when I look at women, specifically so many single moms that we minister to, who have come from these same broken stories and are riddled with pain, I know that there is hope for them and that it's not just about helping them to meet their kids' needs educationally and financially, but it's about bringing real hope to the soul's condition. Spiritually, you know, this has been the most life-changing aspect of my daily life. The story that, that I can bring in sharing with women is that, that there's a Savior, so we can be part of the ultimate family the kingdom of God. All right, and rounding up Africa, we're going to move south to Kenya. That's an easy flight from Ethiopia down to Kenya. We're going to talk about Missions of Hope International, a longtime partner with CVCC. And uh, we've got a special treat afterwards because we actually have somebody from Missions of Hope here to talk about how you can individually get involved. But we as a church collectively have been working with Missions of Hope for a long time. And we're going to see a little intro from their founders um, who a lot of us have even actually met, spent time with. Um, we've taken trips there in the past. We hope to in the future as well. And it's got to be probably one of the best run organizations that I've ever personally witnessed. So let's take a look at Missions of Hope International. Hello, Chinovari Community Church. We are Wallace and Mary Kamau, directors and founders, Missions of Hope International, 
or Mohi for short. Mohi serves in disadvantaged communities throughout Kenya, working to share the gospel and transform lives through the hope in Christ. We do this through integrated programs designed to educate, empower, restore, and redeem. We are so thankful to connect with you, our dear friends from Chinovare Community Church. We are so grateful to you, Chinovare Community Church, for the continued partnership and support. We rejoice for the wonderful children from Mother North School that some of you sponsor. Please know that through your generous giving, you are making a difference in these children's lives. We are also really grateful that over the years, some of you have come on short visits, and during those visits, you have been able to meet some of the communities that Mohi serves, and also interact with the students. These interactions have left a positive mark in the lives of children and the communities where they come from. I want you to know that your efforts are not in vain, because lives are being transformed on a daily basis. Thank you very much, Chino Valley Community Church. May God bless you for your support. Thanks to partners like you, Chino Valley Community Church, we have been able to meet government requirements for schools to reopen in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. This includes getting additional space so that we can observe social distancing, provide face masks for all the children, and setting up hard washing points in the schools and getting new teachers. As we look back at what 2020 meant for Mohi, we are so grateful to God uh, because the schools are back in session and children are settled in and are continuing with the learning. On behalf of the Mother Renault fraternity, I take this opportunity to say a big thank you for the wonderful support that you give unto us. The transformation so far is amazing. We are excited to move ahead in 2021 as we have a God-sized goal of reaching out to 100,000 children, build 100 schools, plant 100 churches in the next 10 years. That means by 2030. We are so excited to have faithful partners like Uchino Valley Community Church in this journey as we continue with this goal because there are still so many children, families, and communities that are in need of being reached out. Please know that we are praying for you and we ask that you continue praying for us. May God bless you so much. All right. Am I talking now or you're talking now? I think I'm talking now. Oh, you're talking now. I'm sorry. Okay, you talk. So, so third thing, of re third reason why I love missions is because the more that you gain awareness of what God is doing around the world, God gets bigger and our church gets smaller. You know, so, so our hope is that you've been able to witness, and this is just a small portion of what God does through our church and through your life here at this church uh, for the kingdom of God around the world. Our, our, what we'd like to do before we go is to give you four ways on how you could be a part. Four ways on how my goal and our hope and desire is that you would take one step more into your involvement in missions. And one way to do that, that everyone can be involved in missions is through financial giving. I want you to know that 10% of every dollar that comes to this church goes directly towards missions. And this last year has been our 13th year, I believe, where you have not only met the needs of this church, but you've surpassed the financial needs of our church, allowing us to be even more generous to our partners around the world. 
We do know biblically, Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is expected. And we believe that is true, not just for our lives, but for this church as well. And so one way, if you want to be even more part of the global mission of God, uh, know that your investment financially in this ministry has a direct correlation to what we're able to do um, in missions. But there is another way that you can be involved, and that's through partnership with, with Mohi. Yep. All right. I want to welcome to the stage I'm gonna, Natasha Figgins. And Natasha, I'm actually going to look up exactly what your title is. By the time you get here, I will have said it. All right. Natasha is the Director of Advancement and Sponsorship with Mohi. It's kind of long, so my brain's kind of small. So anyway, this is a great way to say, well, we, you're supporting Mohi overall, but how can you individually support Mohi? So I'm going to turn it over to Natasha to tell you how you can be involved directly. Thank you so much for having us here. We are so grateful for CVCC and what your partnership has meant to Missions of Hope since 2013. So that's how long you guys have partnered with us and to the Mathari North community. When Mathari North started, there were 200, in 2007, there were 90 students. Today, we have 992 at that school alone. So. However, 395 of those students are still waiting to be sponsored. So our program does bring the children in, but we have to get them sponsored as soon as possible so we can go out and provide hope for more children in more communities. So for $38 a month, you can support a child with Missions of Hope. That $38 provides a private Christian education in an area where there are four public schools for 100,000 children. So our, sco our schools, we need more, but for $38, they get the private Christian education. They get two meals a day, and that is six days a week because they go to school on Saturdays. They get health and dental care, maintenance, vaccinations. Uh, if more medical care is needed, we can transport them to a hospital in Nairobi. So they are well, very well taken care of. And then most importantly, they receive the hope of Christ. They know, they get to know who Jesus is, and we use the child, we start with the child, we extend to the family, and it spreads through the whole community. So by sponsoring a child, you are not just providing hope for that child, but for the entire community that child lives in. And you can do that today, we're out front, and we have about 200 different profile cards of children that are waiting to be sponsored that are currently enrolled in the Mathari North School. And it's super easy. It's very fast. They have a brand new app that you can actually, when your child's birthday rolls around, you can say, hey, I'd love to give my, I want you to be connected. So, oh, it's my child's birthday. You can literally grab your app, boom, send them a gift. And the great thing is, is all that stuff, Mohi makes it themselves. When you see those face masks, Mohi makes the face masks. When you see backpacks, Mohi makes the backpacks. They make the, the vest. They make everything. It's a very, very holistic ministry that they bring parents in, give them job trainings, and let them make all that stuff. So anyway, that's a quick plug, but I love that aspect. Thank you, Natasha. And just to give you a snapshot of sort of what this looks like um, and the impact it makes transformationally within the child's life, let's take a look at this video. I'm 11 years old. I have lived in Madhari Valley my whole life. I was born to be a street girl. 
We all wish we could go to school, but many kids like me can't afford to go. They don't have much to do, they just stay home. Before I joined Missions of Hope, life was so hard. Sometimes we didn't have enough food to eat. My mom would go on the street to look for food. We could go without food even for a day. One day, my mother told me she found a school for me. I asked, which school? She said, Missions of Hope. that I'm at Missions of Hope, I'm in school. I'm learning so much. Math is my favorite subject. I'm eating two meals a day. They provide us health care and we can see the dentist. I gained confidence being in school. I even lead our school music team. I want to be a musician when I grow up. of hope is like a family to me. I feel that like I'm loved. I've seen how God is taking me far from the street up to now where I am. It's God. Without God, I won't be here. I'm thankful for missions of hope. So Missions of Hope is a ministry not only that we can partner with to sponsor children in their holistic care, but we also partner with a pastor in that Mathari North region, Pastor Boaz that you saw in the video. Um, and that's just another way that you can get involved. Uh, again, you can do that on your way out. Uh, there's a third area that uh, perhaps you want to consider, and that's Locally, you might say, Brian, I want to be involved in missions. I'm happy to support financially, but I want to do something. I want to go hands-on, but I'm a little freaked out. I don't want to leave the U.S. There's a great ministry that we partner with, Samaritan's Purse, that's uh, with uh, Reverend Franklin, Franklin Graham, and we do ministries throughout uh, the U.S. in disaster relief, and we actually have one scheduled for Louisiana in February. And so if you're someone who wants to go and help do cleanup from a recent hurricane, um, we have space for 10 people and there will be a table out in the courtyard and it's for a week and we would love to send you and we partner with a local church there to where they not only help care for the physical needs of people coming out of tragedy, but try to build relationships and give them the hope of the gospel of Christ as well. So one area, financial support. Second, adopt a child in Kenya. Um, support, um, you don't actually have to bring them here. Uh, you support them so Mohi can take care of them. Number three, you have Samaritan's Purse. And then lastly is partner with one of our summer trips. Yes, number four. I know you're thinking, okay, short-term missions. Haven't you ever heard of COVID? Haven't you ever heard of international restrictions? Well, yes, we have. And to be short, basically you have two choices at this point in stage of uncertainty in our society is you either do nothing or 
you plan and pray and, and hope for the best, and we're assuming that latter position. So yes, we may plan things ahead, things could blow up, who knows, um, but we're still gonna move forward with short-term missions. So, as you can see on the map, uh, the places we're going to this year, three of them are places we've been to before, Moldova, Romania, and I always put that as kind of a slash because we kind of hop back and forth, they're right next door to each other, um, Ecuador, and also um, Hungary, and then there's two brand new spots that we really want to go to. At the top, Estonia, we're planning on taking a youth-based trip to Estonia. They have summer camps where they teach things like English lessons, they teach soccer skills, but they also give the gospel. We'd like to connect those youth with our youth and make just a great relationship there. So that's Estonia, focused on the youth. And then I'm so, so excited because we've been trying to do this for about five years. We wanted to find an opportunity where everybody could go, but families could also go. And it was a good, safe environment where everybody from all ages could actually help. And Mike Lou's in the pro progress right now of trying to uh, set up a trip to an organization called Gleanings in Central California. In short, what they do is they take farm surplus from that area package it up, dry it, put it into bins, and then they send it to different ministries all around the world. And you can help to package those things up and literally be the hands and feet that are putting those things together to go all around the world. So these will all take place in the June, July timeframe. We're gonna keep planning, we're gonna keep moving forward. The representatives from each of those trips are gonna be out in the courtyard. They do have a, uh, a list, but it's basically just an interest list. If you're like, eh, I don't know. Let's see how COVID goes. I might be interested. Just sign up. That'll just get you on the list so we know that we can keep you in the loop. We can inform you on stuff that happens and nothing more than that. We want to keep moving forward, but we know that we don't know what the year is going to hold. So uh, that's that. But you can, those folks will be out there next to the Mohi folks. You can just stop by, say hi, sign up. They'll send you stuff, let you know uh, what they're doing. I think that's the end of my piece. Thanks, Keith. You know, one of the things that I had to get over when I was growing up in a house of super missionaries is recognizing that not only God's plan is global and that Jesus has empowered them, but Jesus has empowered us. I, I, I believe that if you claim the power of Christ, that God has called you to some aspect of missions. You don't have to leave everything necessarily and go to Africa. Maybe God doesn't call you to that. But God has called each and every one of us to be a reflection of his glory, not just in the Chino Valley area, but be a part of his global plan around the world. And I thought a great way to finish then our Mission Sunday is to be reminded of your empowerment the same way that Jesus reminded people of their empowerment thousands of years before. It was the Last Supper. It was the night before Jesus would be betrayed or the night that he would be betrayed. And he was having Passover with his friends. And it came to the spot where he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. 
Eat this in remembrance of my sacrifice. Let's eat together. But after Jesus demonstrated the power of his sacrifice, he then grabbed the cup of the covenant, a cup that symbolizes the work of God and the lives of his people, that relationship of God saving us and us being a reflection of his glory. And Jesus grabbed the cup. He said, this is, this is a new covenant poured out in my blood shed for you. If you're like me, so often you look at your, your own life through the limitations of your heart, through the fears that you have in your life, through the lack of finances that you experience in your bank account, through the medical concerns that you might have, or the lack of experience or the lack of of empathy, you just have all of these issues that perhaps you disqualify yourself. You see, I think so often we see ourselves in our own eyes instead of seeing ourselves through the eyes of Christ. Jesus said, this is the new covenant poured out for you. This is the blood of Christ that not only declares you righteous, where Jesus says it has washed you and purified your heart, but it empowers you for ministry. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the power of the Lord Christ until he returns. So as you drink this cup, may you remember, God's plan is global. Jesus has empowered us and he has empowered you to be involved in the missional movement of Christ. Let's drink together. Jesus, we're here today first overwhelmed possibly by just the magnitude of all you've equipped us to do. God, we're here this morning grateful for a new year, even a new year that started a bit rough. But God, we know and we believe that you're at work, not just in our lives, not just in our church, but in lives and churches around the world. So God, we pray as a church in 2022, God, that this would be a year that we continue to see your kingdom grow through your power. God, may you use us to finance the needs of people around the world. God, may you use us to encourage and empower ministers in other countries. God, may you use us to physically go and serve your churches in other lands. God, we pray in whatever way you use us. God, may you empower us. God, may you give us confidence and courage to take even a new step this year. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen.